0: This is Mr. Tolu Balogun. On the Work From Home podcast, I will be teaching you a lot of things you can do to upgrade your skills and be able to run a work from home business successfully. Stay with me and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Work From Home podcast. I am Mr. Atolobalogono. Today with me is Don Abad from Philippines. He is a very interesting figure. When we connected and we looked at what he has to offer, which is a whole lot, he has so many things he's really good at and he's very experienced. I looked at everything and I was like, even before, contacting him and telling him this is what we should do I was like we need to do at least two episodes with this amount of experience and definitely I know everybody is going to agree with me that we are going to find a lot of valuable stuff with Don in the work from home podcast so this is our first recording and we'll be talking about content creation for business and I'm especially interested in this episode because a lot of businesses tend to focus solely on marketing and not realize that there is a place for content marketing. There's a place that it allows you to put out the information that your prospects, the people out there need to see to understand where you are coming from. And that is very important. And not only is done someone who understands content creation, he's also a storyteller. This is a very, very perfect synergy. And I'm super excited to have Don here. So enough of me talking for now. Don, please, can you introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Tolu. And I hope I live up to that expectation that you set forth in that introduction. As he said, my name is Don Abad. I'm based here in the Philippines. And whenever I talk about my story, I always like to preface it by saying that I wear a lot of hats, but I am a storyteller at heart. Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, we're always asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I never had an answer for that. The other kids around me did, but I never really had an answer to that. Uh, I hated being put in a box for as long as I can remember. In fact, um, I asked my mom one time, uh, is there a job that lets you do everything? Could I work in any profession that I wanted, whenever I wanted? And then when I got bored of being a race car driver, could I hop into being a lawyer when I had enough of that? Could I try my hand at being an astronaut? Now, I had no idea why, but uh, my mom told me that scientists had that choice. You know, looking back, she probably was looking at it with regard to there being a wide Mm -hmm. array of specialties if you wanted to be a scientist. But anyway, there you go. I wanted to be a scientist because apparently my mom told me I could do anything. Uh, that I wanted if I was a scientist. So entrepreneurship Mm. never came up. You know, this was the 90s, right? You know, the business world looked nothing like it does now. And of course, the internet was in its infancy. Social media wasn't a thing. So becoming an entrepreneur never crossed anybody's minds. But uh, I always knew that uh, whatever I ended up doing, I always knew that I wanted to you know, make a difference. Um, I also remember walking down the street with my dad when I was four or five years old and seeing all the graffiti on the road and I was telling him, you know, why are people drawing on the street? Then he said, well, these people don't have any paper. You know, they can't afford to buy any. Now, of course, he's kind of exaggerating. <laughs> these, these are people below the, the poverty line, but uh, I'm sure he was mm. making that bit up, but that got me staring at that graffiti. And I looked at my dad and said, you know, one day, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to throw money bags on the street so everybody can buy paper. That's my little four or five-year-old mm-hmm. mind talking. And that's when something resembling a purpose really popped into my mind. So fast forward just a few years, um, and I took an interest in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you uh, read that mm-hmm. up in my profile that I'm also an artist. That's part of mm-hmm. me being a storyteller. So I used to get my dad's what we called VHS camcorder for the youngsters tuning in. It's a piece of ancient technology. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, We took, I took the camcorder and I was filming these little scenes with my friends that I cooked up in my head. And that passion stayed with me till I was a teenager. And that was when YouTube was just coming up. And I remember my sister was watching one of the very first YouTube rock stars. This guy made cat videos of all things actually. So I remember though. I was reading this guy's about section on his channel and it said traditional media showcases an image of perfection that we can never live up to. Someday there will be a new media that lets us all embrace who we are and inspire us to unlock our potential. So my goal is to be part of that new media, that's what uh, his about page said. And that inspired me, um, that solidified in my heart that I want to be a filmmaker, and you know, produce great stories, uh, inspire folks, get rich, paid forward. And then college happened, and then people started taking potshots mm-hmm. at that dream, uh, whether it was intentional or not. You know, one, one professor asked me, uh, and I'm sure all the entrepreneurs here will be able to relate to this. He, uh, he asked me, what career do you want to get into mm-hmm. after you graduate? And I said, film. And then my professor paused for a bit, then he said, so you don't want to make any money? <laughs> and the professor was probably mm-hmm. half-joking, you know, half being the key word, but, I, you know, I was never one to let other people's uh, opinions of me shake me. So that only strengthened okay. my resolve. But the thing is, I actually didn't know how to earn a decent living out of a film okay. and media career. You know, the, the term struggling sure. artist is a cliche for a reason. I thought I had to endure the Starbucks barista phase and live on minimum wage and work as an unpaid production assistant for several years. And then hopefully I'll catch my big break and get propelled into Hollywood stardom one day, one day. But then let's fast forward to almost to the present day. Uh, That's when I met my wife, Kimmy. And uh, she and her folks had been in the network marketing industry for a little over 10 years when we met. And they were pretty successful. And just to set the context, this is in the Philippines, which is the mecca of network marketing as far as I can see. So I've been pitched left and right with all Mm -hmm. these opportunities. Now, I didn't have anything against the industry. These were, I knew legit companies Mm -hmm. existed. In fact, my mom is in one. She's in one Mm -hmm. of the biggest companies and she made a a good living, but I thought it wasn't for me because I was an artist. And all of that changed when my wife brought me to one of their annual conventions and I met other artists just like myself. And I realized that this business model It could help me build the freedom to enable me to pursue my passions without obstacles. And of course, you know, I met my wife and uh, we were getting married at the time. And so we want to have a family as well. So I didn't want to have to sacrifice Mm -hmm. my career for family or vice versa. I wanted it all. Uh, So network marketing was really my foray into the business world. So jump forward to today. Our business is going strong. And now that I know the game of business, I also founded a media company. It's called Sovereign Stories, and it provides post-production solutions to values-focused filmmakers and creators. Um, I have two podcasts. Sovereign is where I do social commentary, and I also interview people from different walks of life. Uh, My second podcast, Your Sovereign Downline, that's where Kimmy and I provide strategies for winning uh, in the network marketing game using the power of internet marketing. And the whole Sovereign brand is all about inspiring high achievers to overcome their limiting beliefs and to live a life of significance with a focus on entrepreneurship. And really, these are the resources that I wish I had when I first got started on this journey. And uh, on top of all that, now i can actually take my time and pick and choose the odd film or tv project that i believe in so it's pretty far from the aimless barista and pa <laughs> life that i thought i'd still be going through today so
0: that in a nutshell
1: that's my uh oh, awesome. story
0: i mean it's very easy to see why you are such a good storyteller you took us through that journey with you and it feels like we already know everything about you that's so exciting the next question i have on my list will be What role does storytelling play with content creation? Oh, it's everything.
1: You know, I once heard a, one of my favorite phrases in the marketing world is that uh, stories sell, Mm. but facts tell. And a lot of people, they get obsessed with the facts. They talk about all the features of their company. In fact, people like to say, don't focus on the features, focus on uh, the benefits whenever you're marketing anything. But I think that doesn't even go far enough because you focus on the features and the benefits But then what? Okay, you recognize that I have a problem that you can solve, but I can't exactly relate to you. Find me something that I can relate to you with. And that's where storytelling comes in. Even if you're a company where there's not one individual that is the face of the company, even if you're just known as a brand, just as a business, Storytelling, how the company came to be, the people within the company, your employees, your team members, the founders, the partners, talking about them from the human angle helps to really convey the humanity behind the image of that brand, behind the brick and mortar, behind the the storefront. And so storytelling... People preach storytelling, but I don't think enough people really capitalize on the power of being able to relate to their ideal customer, their ideal prospect through the power of, uh, of storytelling.
0: Absolutely. So in other words, storytelling can as well act as the spirit of marketing. When you are able to create and tell a brand story, you can connect at a different level with your your prospects to be customers and that would help them to build a long-term relationship with you. Am I right? Exactly. So the next question on this list will now be based on your years of experience, especially in network marketing, and as you said rightly, you're living in a place which happens to be the marker of network marketing. How can people who are listening to us right now, how can they create effective content for their business. Well,
1: when I talk about content creation and when I practice content creation, it's actually the same strategy across all of my ventures. I actually don't pursue a different uh, approach when it comes to my network marketing business versus my media company. So I think it's, it's good just to talk about content overall. Um, if That's you don't mind, <laughs> Let's just get into it. I mean, content, it's become a Mm -hmm. a buzzword, right? For anyone who has any sort of venture online. So again, network marketing, uh, creative agency, even if you have a nonprofit, even if you're a solo influencer who just happens to be selling products uh, behind your personal brand, everyone talks about uh, content, Gary Vee, even Russell Brunson. In fact, Russell uh, calls it publishing. You gotta publish consistently to get attention and draw the right people to you. I think it's important to distinguish between creating content like a content creator and creating content like a marketer. And there is a Mm -hmm. huge difference and that difference is really the difference between cash in your pocket and spitting your wheels. And uh, one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn was how to get out of my entrepreneur brain and think like a marketer. And that's another difference that most people are aware of. Because as entrepreneurs, uh, we usually hear from other entrepreneurs that content is king, right? So again, Gary Vee. But that's exactly why there is a difference between creating content like a content creator and creating content like a marketer. So when I'm talking about content, I want to focus on pillar content specifically because these inform how the rest of your content machine plays out. So pillar content, these the big three are uh, podcasts, blogs, and YouTube videos. And some people, they do Facebook Lives or even IG Lives as their uh, pillar content. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're a proper business owner who wants long-term trackable growth, stick to a podcast, a blog, or a YouTube channel, or all three once you start building out your system. Now, uh, what do people normally say? at the end of a podcast episode or a YouTube video. They say like, subscribe, Mm -hmm. leave a comment, right? And uh, in fact, that's how most people track their success, those vanity Mm -hmm. metrics, likes, comments, shares, subscribes. But those vanity metrics don't mean a thing. As a marketer, there are only two key metrics that you need to be looking out for, and that's Mm -hmm. leads and sales. That's it, leads and sales. And that starts not by asking them to like and subscribe. People think that just because somebody comments on their Instagram posts, that they're a lead. And that's not true. The people who commented on your post is a commenter. Mm -hmm. They're not a lead. So what you should really be doing instead at the end of your episode or your video or your article is to give your call to action. You say, hey, if you like these tips, I have a free template ebook course whatever it is click on the link below to get it boom you're Mm -hmm. building your email list that's an opt-in that's a captured audience that you're starting to build now they're at the bottom of your value ladder and now you can ascend them with paid products and going from low ticket to higher ticket that's Mm -hmm. a different subject but anyway that's the bird's eye view of what it means to create content like a marketer instead of just uh, Mm -hmm. a business owner. And in case you have any other questions for me, I'll just (laughs) stop right there.
0: No, I mean, I would want you to go ahead with that because you are making so much sense and this is really interesting.
1: Uh, I wanted to, uh, I think it's important to address some objections to that. Some people might say, won't people be turned off if I'm always pitching something at the end of my content? I'll tell them not if you're providing them real value. Again, if you're a business owner, and you're leveraging content marketing specifically to build your business, this is really important. You know, if you give your listener or your reader exactly what they expected when they clicked on your episode or your video or your article, and then some, they're gonna want more. That's when you offer them something that gets them on your list. So if the pitch takes up the majority of the video, then yeah. that's a problem. The point is not to let the call to action get in the message. way of the message that you're communicating on your video, right? If you do it right, your audience will thank you for giving them more stuff, for even pitching them something that's paid, because now that they have that no like and trust factor, they're willing to vote with their mm-hmm. wallet and pay for something that will give them more value. You've already proved yourself to them, but that only starts when you're giving them true authentic value at the front end, not just pitch them directly. You have to court uh, your audience or your reader. And of course, that doesn't mean don't put out content with no call to action. You know, pure value content. Your audience is going to appreciate that too. But the key is to know the difference and don't be disappointed if that video or that article or that podcast doesn't move the needle forward on your business. So it comes down to the call to action and uh, tracking progress in terms of leads and sales instead of your vanity metrics
0: absolutely thank you for that one of the things i tend to disagree with when i see a lot of people i want to call them salespeople, trying to you know get on the camera and shoot me a video that will make me pay for something at the end of the day is giving me too much of their jargon by jargon i mean you come here you, you use like for a one-hour video you use 15 minutes to introduce who you are and the people you've been with and the people you've worked with and you use another 15 minutes to tell me about all the places you've traveled to in the world and then the real content you want to give me is just about 10 minutes and then you spend another five minutes to give me a call to action and then you go back to telling me about all the big big people and the rich people you have worked with and then use another 30 minutes to now try to upsell me for some other bigger programs that you're selling The real value that you have provided for me is just 10 minutes, but you have used a whole lot of time to just distract me from the main key message. What's your opinion about that?
1: Right. Again, it comes back to as long as the pitch doesn't get in the way of the content that you're providing. And it's not a disconnect either, because... I don't know i can't pull up an example right now but if you're talking about the top 10 places to go in to, to have a vacation in in 2022 and then uh you you pitch them something uh totally um unrelated to travel which um, is it's kind of hard to do but i, I think you yeah. understand my point that if we're going to be talking about travel tips you pitch them something that's related to travel to complement them because here's the key to being able to give them a call to action that they resonate with. Whenever you give people information or value, you're not only giving them value, you're actually giving them a problem in addition to the value you give them. For example, if you give them the top 10 countries to visit in 2022 as the world goes into the new normal, Mm post-corona, you now give them a problem. Now they're probably thinking, okay, so now I know these top 10 places, but how do I actually plan for them? Mm -hmm. Right, So you can pitch them something like, if you like this list, if you appreciate the content that I'm putting out, I created a checklist, a travel checklist for you to fill out when you're planning your trips in the midst of... 2022, the new normal, when the countries are still opening up, when there's still restrictions, I'm sure you're wondering in your head all the time, it's like, how do I navigate the restrictions and actually enjoy the vacation I'm going to be going on? Here's a checklist to make sure that that process goes smoothly for you. Now you solve that problem, Mm -hmm. right, that you give them once you offer them a value. So uh, one more quick example, Um, this is specifically for my network marketing um, training platform. So I give generic network marketing training, right? I, I talk about uh, creating content that a lot of network marketers, they don't think mm-hmm. about creating content and leveraging the power of internet marketing to build their businesses. So I'm always telling them, create content, create content. Now I just gave them a problem, right? I gave them value. It's valuable to know that you have to create content for success. But now I gave them the problem of mm, mm. how do I do that, right? Now they want to know how do I actually create content? And then I provide them my free resources for starting a podcast and... Uh, content strategy and all of that so that really is the key to not create that sort of uh to not create that screen where they get Mm -hmm. jolted out and then they say who are you trying to pitch me i just wanted to get this Mm -hmm. free information make sure that whatever you pitch them on your call to action complements and provides a solution to the follow-up problem that you gave them when you offer your value
0: that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so what are some of the things you think business owners need to think about? As you said earlier, the buzzer view, the big picture, we know you've talked about the pillar content. What are some other things that the small businesses need to key into before they even start saying they want to create content for their business?
1: Before they start creating content for their business, I think that should be the first thing that they should actually consider because they have to put their voice out there. There's actually one thing I wanted to share with your audience, Tolu, that most people, most uh, business owners don't even think about when it comes to creating their content, which is to get on other people's shows what I'm doing right now. This is so underrated. I don't know why not enough people talk about this. You're creating content, right? You're putting your digital footprint out there so people can find you. I highly, highly suggest that you reach out to podcasters or YouTubers and become a guest to be interviewed on their show. Why? Because you tap into their audience. And again, you know, you're forced to not pitch on their show. If the podcaster can tell that you're in it just so you can pitch your thing, your product or your service. They're not even going to let you on in the first place. And it's usually a long-form conversation. We're on here for 30 minutes. Some people have you on for an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. You can't be pitching all that time. you got to be given constant value. And then at the end, if you get invited to uh, share what, what you have going on, then you can provide your thing. But that really is the best avenue to be able to get yourself out there in the most beneficial way. Whenever you're about to launch a product or service, in fact, I'm in the middle of doing that right now, set yourself a goal to get interviewed on let's say 30 podcasts, three months out from the launch Mm -hmm. of your product or your service. That's gonna get you a lot of traction Mm -hmm. on launch day. And it's so much more powerful, 10X more powerful than just putting out your own own content and trying to get yourself out there in the world, especially if you have a small list, especially if if you have a small audience. Create that momentum by partnering up I like to call it, with other influencers in your space and help each other win, create that mutual beneficial relationship with them and all of you, you know, all the the tide is going to rise and lift all boats if you partner with each other and get on each other's shows. That's my yeah. that's my biggest then,
0: tip. Um, I also read on your profile, you were talking about how you were in that space where you consumed a lot of content, vlogs, e-books, audiobooks, almost everything you could lay your hands on. What role do you think that's played in you becoming a successful content creator?
1: Oh, that was a huge part of it because I write there that consuming all those resources led me down the rabbit hole of entrepreneurship. That was a world that I thought was reserved for, you know, the hard numbers guys. You have to be a super organized type. Of course, this was back in the days when... The entrepreneurship culture was still bubbling up, and um, back then, my impression was you had to be this sort of charismatic, suited-up sort of individual, which I thought was the complete opposite of being an artist. But my biggest problem as an artist was how do I actually monetize my art, my creativity. I was a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. and again, I thought that the only path to success was to become a waiter or a barista, to take these odd, unpaid jobs even, just to build up my resume. And nowadays, you're wasting your time as an artist if you're doing that. There's so many ways. You have to build a brand. I believe that anybody with any sort of ambition today has to build a brand and everybody should consider the entrepreneurship avenue if you want to get your name out there and if you don't want to struggle of course during those first few months those first few years as an entrepreneur as an artist whatever whatever you're building the brand for it's going to be hard to gain that traction but that's the the same is true for any venture same is true for any venture but you shortcut your success by consuming all the resources that you can and there's a ton Mm. of free stuff out there here's your podcast right now Tulu, the work from home podcast. This is an amazing resource. This is 2022. Everybody's looking for alternatives for the past two years. In fact, so you're doing a great thing by having this podcast out there. And I'm honored to be a part of it. And hopefully people will get something a golden nugget or two out of our conversation today, but just open your mind to learning new skills. And it's going to take you so far in today's attention economy.
0: So the last question I'm going to ask you before I go ahead to ask you about how people can contact you is definitely through consuming so much books and all of that. There are some specific books that you would recommend to people who are trying to become content creators or marketers or trying to grow their business. Can you just give us like three of those books that you can recommend right now?
1: Honestly, it's not so much books that I consume for that information, but uh, YouTube videos and podcasts. But if you want a solid, timeless book or set of books, really, look look at anything that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk puts out. Look for anything that uh, Russell Brunson puts out, his Secrets Trilogy, Traffic Secrets, uh, and uh, that gives you a lot of information on how to... Have patience while building your content, while also being strategic about it, so that you put out true value. And the approach that both of them use is a long-term one. If you're in it for a quick buck, good (laughs) luck to you. You might get the quick buck, but then you have to start all over again the next day. Uh, Gary Vee and Russell Brunson have been two of the biggest influences uh, for entrepreneurship and marketing for me. So any content that they put out, that's what I recommend. Because
0: I love um, the fact that you mentioned the long-term strategy. Because for me, I look at a lot of businesses, I see what they are doing, and I look at it and I said, this business model that you are pushing out there right now is not sustainable. Even if you take a leap right now and you leave me at the pace I'm going, in the next five years... Wherever I get to, you will not be able to catch up with me, even with your gimmicks or whatever you are doing. Because there is an effect that comes into place when you are doing content marketing for the long term. It's a compound effect. Those little things that you are doing, that are the building blocks, they keep compounding, they keep compounding, they keep compounding. And that is real value, that is incomparable, and that gives such an effect that at the peak, you would probably not even need anybody to tell people about your business. You would have so much people who are your brand ambassadors, that's how I would put it, that are actually not being paid to be your brand ambassadors. But because you provide them a lot of value over time, they would insist, I prefer to use that word, they would insist that people come to you because you are the best at what you do. I really respect and value that information that you gave us. So quick one, if people want to contact Don, how do they do that? Uh, well, the best way
1: that I can provide value to your audience is uh, tune into my podcast. I have two of them, so The Sovereign Podcast. And it's it's my flagship show. That's where I do social commentary. I interview a lot of high achievers from different walks of life on how they live out uh, their sovereignty as people. So. Uh, it's a weekly podcast, Sovereign, just look it up. It's on all of uh podcatchers out there. Uh, the second podcast I have is Your Sovereign Downline. This is specific for network marketers. This is where Kimmy and I uh, provide strategies that we've learned over the past 10 years, almost 15 for her, on how to build a network marketing business, the timeless principles, but also we throw in a bunch of internet marketing principles for building a modern downline in 2022. And other than that, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at real don abud. That's all one
0: word. At real don Okay, perfect. So I mean, the link to the two shows that Don hosts, Sovereign and Sovereign Downline are going to be in the show notes as well as um, the link to contact and or connect with him on instagram so thank you very much guys for listening to the rock problem podcast and don't forget that there's a lot of value out there that you can be a part of and if you found this podcast episode very interesting and helpful make sure to share it with your friends and your families and even people you don't like maybe because you share that to them they would start to like you or you would start to like them or maybe you would find something in common Thank you very much and have a good day guys.